What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roto Grinders MLB Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci, back again, filling in for Stevie. And today I'm joined by Keith Eister. What's up, Eyes? How are you? Not much, man. Uh, we just got news that the this Cubs-Brewers game got postponed from uh, yesterday's slate. So hope you didn't play a lot of Brewers or Cubs. Um, now we got a doubleheader that, that's going to change up this slate a little bit. But we've got a, a massive slate here to get into, so... Ready to, ready to get at it. For sure. Went from a four and five gamer on yesterday's morning grind with Blender to a 15 uh, gamer and, and possibly, possibly some Freddie Peralta sprinkled in now into the mix, which we'll have to talk some hypotheticals when we get there. But, you know, when we find out who's going to pitch tomorrow uh, for whoever's on this main slate for the Cubs and Brewers, that could totally uh, turn this thing sideways. So uh, we'll definitely get there. And um, I guess maybe the, the on first look, you know, the common theme is, man, there's some overpriced pitchers. When you first opened up the laptop to look at this slate, was that kind of one of your first thoughts, Keith? That was exactly what I noticed, especially like once you get past the aces, obviously Scherzer 11K, no problem there. But then you get into that 9K range and there are some names there that you do not expect to see be priced in the 9K range. So Definitely some overpriced pitching. I think I'll probably just be avoiding most of those guys, paying up for the aces, and then uh, spreading out down the board much further than that 9K range. It's kind of an ugly range. Just funny because usually you see guys that don't belong a tier above what they usually are on on terrible small slates, right, because they have to price them there. So I don't know why there are some guys priced where they are on a 15-gamer, but uh, – you know, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that when we get there. Check out prize picks, prizepicks.com, folks. Great stuff. They're kind of changing some of the landscape there of, uh, you know, betting and fantasy DFS kind of combined in one. Um, really cool angle to the DFS community. Uh, the Chief Will Priester does some prize pick stuff, and he's been on a heater lately. So definitely get on over there. Check out prizepicks.com while we're talking some MLB with you on this Tuesday morning. And I guess we could just jump right into it, man. I mean, let's start off the rip here with an NL Central. St. Louis and Pittsburgh, 705, kicking off the slate. All right. Some pretty pretty bad pitching in this one. Not a great ballpark, though. I guess do you have interest in any arm uh, in this one, Keith? Uh, I mean, the price is okay on both of them, but they're, I'm just not sure there's any upside here. Uh, Hap is... I mean, obviously with the easier matchup against Pittsburgh's terrible lineup, but he only strikes out guys at like a 17% rate. Um, 5,900 is a fair price, but on such a big slate, I think that you're going to need a bigger score than he's able to post here. So uh, I think I'm out on both of these guys. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That's fair. You know, Brault on the other side, you know, finally got some action uh, a couple days ago, you know, historically, yeah, just an average to below average pitcher you know xfip and stuff all that stuff isn't very good uh, i don't mind kind of singling out a power bat one-off kind of on each side here um maybe like a little secondary stack you know jay hap is accustomed to his blow-ups every now and then and uh you know righties have some pop against him um you know obviously this, the pittsburgh lineup isn't isn't a ton to uh to, to write home about but i do like some of these younger guys they have i do kind of like Rodolfo castro a little bit you know he's super cheap if you're looking for some value here but you know the park's not great and you know we kind of just trash both pitchers but uh, on a big slate like i'm not really looking to full stack any of these guys and you're not really gonna 
either of these teams and you're not really going to pick up any leverage by doing so here. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the Pittsburgh side. I think uh, Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds are two awesome to pair those two up together or um, as one-offs, like you said. I think that's that's a great spot for them. Um, I have a little more interest in St. Louis than you do. Uh, their pricing on DraftKings is just super, super cheap. Arenado and Goldschmidt are priced up. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at, like, Tyler O'Neill at 3,500, Tommy Edmond at 3,200, Dylan Carlson, 3,100. Harrison Bader's been hitting really well. He's just 2,700. So, uh, Brault coming back from the IL, he hasn't pitched a bunch this year. I don't think he'll go deep, and Pittsburgh bullpen is not very good. So, I actually have quite a bit of interest in St. Louis. Uh, I think they're one of my favorite stacks on the slate, actually. Even I, Definitely a, doubt, a ballpark downgrade, but uh, I think it's a really good spot for them. In terms of ownership, you know, we're just guessing here, but they're probably not going to carry a ton. I mean, you know, the, the price is very good, um, especially on FanDuel without looking blindly because you can just play whoever you want on FanDuel. So um, I think they're, they're interesting on FanDuel, right? Because when you can play whoever you want, you're probably not going to look at uh, St. Louis right off the rip. So uh, I do like that call. Good stuff. Um, anything else here? We should move on to uh, the next game. Uh, no, let's move on to the next one. Cool. All right, so we can talk some pitching in this one for sure. Uh, L.A. and Philly, yeah. right? So uh, weird year for Aaron Nola. You know, I uh, drafted him in uh, my high-stakes auction league, my Atlantic City league. Keith, I don't know where you are in the country, but if you're looking for a cool league in Atlantic City, 21-team auction league, and uh, Nola's one of my aces. And the stuff's there. He's getting the Ks, but he just isn't as dominant uh, as we've uh, – been accustomed to seeing in the past couple of years um and he is one of the most expensive arms on this slate at what's he 10 5 and uh yeah you got Max Scherzer still not used to seeing that LAD next to his name um at Citizens Bank Park maybe the hottest team in baseball so walk me through both of these arms in this matchup two studs going against each other at seven o'clock yeah this should be a really fun pitching matchup to watch um I'm having problems with Nola, big price tag. Obviously the Dodgers are are a really tough matchup. I know they're a bit banged up right now, but there's still all kinds of power and patience in that lineup. Just not an easy, easy spot to navigate. So um, he's been inconsistent this year. He's probably going to come with low ownership and sure there's a, there's a world where he could come out and strike out 10 Dodgers and, and really just have a good start. But I don't think that I'm going to get there. Um, at 10-5, facing one of the best offenses in baseball. It'd be a sprinkle for me if I'm going to do it, but I think I'm passing mostly on Nola. Uh, Scherzer on the other side, I think he's the best best pitcher on the slate. Um, tough matchup, tough tough ballpark, uh, but, I mean, this is one of the most talented pitchers in baseball. Uh, 11K is a big price tag as well, so there's certainly some risk here. Um I, I mean, with a big slate, there's going to be plenty of value bats that we can find to to play him comfortably, and uh, he's always got upside. So I'm definitely interested in Scherzer here. I know Sunday is a typical off day for a lot of veterans and stuff like that, but I, I don't know who are we going to see the usual suspects in this Phillies lineup. Hoskins uh, sat Sunday, but it was the third straight game he missed. Um, Herrera was a late scratch on Sunday. Uh, DD missed uh, was a second game in a row, I think, on Sunday. So, like, if any of these guys miss, uh, on top of you know Max Scherzer being Max Scherzer, it's another plus to uh, want to pitch Max against the Phillies. But uh, you know, big game against the Dodgers. I you know if if they can go, they're going to go. But I wouldn't be shocked if 
if Reese or, or Didi or Herrera, if one of them miss on Tuesday. So something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, good good point. Obviously, sure, they're coming over from Washington, very familiar with the Phillies and the, the NLEs too. So it's not like um, this is a, a foreign matchup to him. He, he should be ready to go here. So I, I know I, I'm assuming like the Philly bats might not be where you want to go for leverage, but I, I get it. So in terms of bats in this game, you know, are, is there anybody on Philly you're interested in? And, you know, Nola's had his inconsistencies. Are you singling anybody out on that L.A. side? Uh, for the Phillies, I, I don't mind looking at a home run. I probably won't even do it like a three-man just because Scherzer's so good, t- huge strikeouts, great control. Um, but he is a fly ball pitcher. In this ballpark, he absolutely can give up a home run or two. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Harper is the first one that comes to mind, obviously. Um, I think if you want to try to get a home run out of catcher, you could play Real Muto, but uh, definitely not looking to stack the Phillies. Uh, but I don't mind chasing a home run if you want to do that. Uh, on the Dodgers side here, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm really chasing Nola. With the full slate, there's a lot of better spots to target here. If Nola was going to grab some ownership, maybe you'd look at it as like a leverage spot, but I don't, I don't think Nola is going to be terribly high owned on this slate and probably just a game I'm looking to mostly avoid bats in altogether. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm probably going to be in the same boat as the you. The Dodgers but... are really priced up too, obviously, so that makes yeah. it even more difficult. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally get it. Uh, let's move on. Baltimore, Detroit. <laughs> Keegan Aiken going for the O's, it looks like. And we're going to see some Casey Mize at Camden. And I always I always sprinkle some exposure in whoever's at Camden, right? And usually one of the pitchers aren't very good because we're talking Baltimore, no matter who it is here. So, um, you know, I'm assuming you have no interest in Keegan Aiken. But, you know, Casey Mize, cheap. You're going to – I'm just a spitballing here, right? You're going to have to look for SP2 somewhere. Is it going to be Casey Mize? He's looked a lot better. I mean, he talked about a young staff as a whole. I know we're going on a tangent here, but the Tiger staff is going to be good eventually with Matt Manning, Casey Mize. Is this a, I mean, 7,300, that's fair. But personally, I think Baltimore is a little bit better offensively than maybe the public perceives. I don't know. I got to think about Casey Mize, but what are your thoughts on the arms in this game here? Yeah, Aiken is cheap down there at 5,100, and Detroit is not a great offense. Um, they have hit lefties a little bit better, but they still strike out a ton. I don't hate the price on Aiken. If, if you're dumpster diving and need a super cheap arm, I, I think he's one of your options. Um, not, not somebody I'm outright like looking to play in. Like if I was only running three lineups or something, no chance I'm doing it. But if you're, if you're mass entering, I could see an argument for him being in play. Uh, and with Mize, I like the price tag. Obviously a good matchup against Baltimore. I agree with you. Baltimore's a little bit better on offense than they get credit for. Mullins has had a great year. Mancini's a big bat. Um, 7,300 is a fair price for Mize if I knew I was going to get a full like 90 to 100 pitches out of him. But he's a guy that the Tigers have limited a little bit this year at times. So there, there's added risk in there that he just gets pulled after the fourth inning, even if he's sitting at 70, 75 pitches. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to be scouring the newswire leading up to lock and seeing if we can get anything on what their plans are with him. There hasn't been a ton of information available this year or lately on what the, what their intentions are with him. So risky spot. I like the matchup. If, if you want to do it, the price tag is fine. Um, but definitely would like to have a little bit more information before we go that route. 
There are three games right now with what I'm looking at in my app with 10 and a half totals. And this is one of them. Um, just throwing that out there. So um, I, I don't mind, you know, I know you mentioned Aiken super cheap. I mean, you know, depending on what you're playing, if he gets through five innings kind of thing at that price, you know, he's, he's fine. <laughs> if you get the bats you want uh, on the flip side, I do have some interest in some Detroit bats again, not a spot where, you know, you're going to pick up super leverage because I don't think Aiken is going to carry um, a ton of ownership, but you know, some of these Detroit bats are, are still fairly priced. However, you know, you have a couple of them three months ago for like, yeah, Jonathan Scope would be pushing 5K. And, uh, you know, what a season by Eric Haas, 5,400 is just <laughs> And Badu, 4,200. So some of these guys, like, okay, DK is catching up. The Algos are catching up. It's a pretty high total in Camden. So they're a little harder uh, to roster, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Miguel Caprera, you know, I consider, you know, you got some guys like that floating around. So at those price points, though, like Scope, Haas, you know, Badu, are they tough to do? It, it is tough to do. Um, when I was first looking at pitching matchups, I thought Detroit was definitely going to be like a sneaky stack that was absolutely going to be in play. But yeah, I mean, you nailed it. The, the price tags are tough. Like it, it's Eric Haas at 5,400. I want to play him, but I don't want to pay 5,400 for him. So that's tough. I, I think the price on scope is completely fair. I like him as a one-off. I don't think I can stack Detroit here though at this, at these price tags. Jonathan Scope revenge game. Don't at me, you know? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it. I think there's some one-offs you could play here. I don't love paying up for catcher. It's just not my it's just not my style. But uh, Haas is one guy in the right matchup in the right park. I would consider having some exposure, flipping the lineup build a little bit there. So I don't totally hate it. But, yeah, tough to stack at those prices. Probably not going to stack either of those teams despite despite the high total, you know, as, as of right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'd rather have the Baltimore side if I was looking to stack. Um, they still have some cheap pieces. Uh, Mullins' price is really getting up there, but outside of that, um, I mean, Austin Hayes is still under 3K. Santander's under 3K. Uh, and they added Jorge Mateo, who has a ton of speed, Concilia a couple bases. I mean, all those guys are under 3K. So you can definitely make the Baltimore stack work if you're looking to do it. They've just been such a such good source of value all season on DK, right? They just – Santander, every, I mean, just – the algos, they just won't price them up. And they produce more often than they don't. Like, you know, playing in such a, a nice park for hitters, I, I'm surprised, like, eventually they're going to get the Tigers treatment here. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> eventually. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Next on the docket, we have Washington and the New York Mets. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, good to see him pitching again, you know. Um, not really stretched out yet. Saw 58 pitches in his first game back, 62 against Miami. Uh, pitched all right, you know. Um, didn't go more than four and a third in either start, though. I'm curious to see when that leash eventually gets taken off, but it's probably going to be a while. Um, 8K for Carrasco. Uh, on the flip side, you got Paulo Espino. Got drilled his last game against the Red Hot Phillies. Um other than that, I mean, he's been serviceable. He's a guy who's not going to go more than five innings. Uh, 5,700, though, he is dirt cheap. So, you know, he's a guy I totally understand if you want to punt, if you're feeling decent about, if the Mets are rolling out a, a dog shit lineup, but, uh, then I totally get it. Um, 8K for Carrasco with limited pitch count, though, for me, uh, just just no interest unless we get word that the leash is off, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, what do you got? What are your thoughts here on the arms in the Mets Nationals game? Yeah, it's a, it's a pitch count for Carrasco. Um, 
58 pitches in his first start back against Cincinnati. I played quite a bit of him in his second start uh, with the great matchup against Miami, expecting that pitch count to kind of climb into the 75, 80 range in his second start. And it, it just didn't. So that makes it really tough to go back to him here. If he's only going to get 60 pitches, I, I don't know that uh, he you can play him here, even against a terrible Washington lineup. And Soto missed some time over the weekend. So if Soto is out of the lineup again, I mean, if we knew we were getting 80 pitches, I think Carrasco would absolutely be in play, even at 8K, uh, and even not with a full allotment of pitches. But at, at 60 pitches, that's a much tougher ask, and I don't think he can – pay off 8k on a full slate uh, with only 60 pitches so again you'd like to have a little bit more information in here before you click that button um, if it comes out that he's good to go for 80 85 then I'd be I'd be willing to play some Carrasco for sure Espino on the other side just there's not enough upside here he's not a big k guy he's had some okay starts but I don't think we need to go here on, on a full slate yeah, I'm with you, and uh, I'm just backtracking. A lot of the price points on FanDuel for these pitchers are fairly similar to kind of what we we're discussing on DK. So we're not – a lot of things we said about these DK prices can kind of be in line uh, for FanDuel as well. Uh, for example, Carrasco 7,900 over there on FanDuel. So, yeah, uh, you're right, pitch count, you know, I'm out. Uh, it's like they're just kind of preparing for the game where he's off the leash and they're just going to make him make K, which is totally understandable, but it's not going to happen yet. So I guess uh, in that sense, I mean, you're going to be digging into the Mets bullpen. Um, and, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit of a bull, you know, how was Espino going to give you five innings, kind of the same thing. So there's no Brad Hand in that Nats pen anymore, you know, some moving pieces here. You like any bats in this game? I mean, it's not really a game that I love for bats. Um, Washington is is really cheap outside of Soto, obviously. Uh, but Carrasco's not – I mean, he's had good control throughout his career. Not a guy I have, like, historically stacked against. Um, and we talked about just the Washington trade away, trading away several guys. So it's a really watered-down lineup. If you wanted to um, stack up some lefties against him, like Yadiel Hernandez, like near the minimum price, um, Luis Garcia is the other one. He's 2,800. So, and then Josh Bell at 3,800. I think those three like lefties could make a decent little mini stack, but uh, I'm not looking to full stack Washington here. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree. And on the Met side, you know, well, another team I'm not uh, looking to full stack, although I, you know, uh, Espino's vulnerable. Uh, you can do some damage. I think there's some decent price points on some of these Mets. I mean, uh, first look, Dom Smith, 3,100, Conforto, 2,900. Those were two guys on DK that just caught my eye right off the bat thinking, okay, that's a pretty good price on these guys. You know, if you're looking for a last piece or a secondary stack, like I totally get it. Um, you can probably play Pete Alonzo against anybody, you know, other, you know, that isn't Max Scherzer. And, and uh, I, I couldn't fault you for that either. I mean, I think it's a given that Alonzo is always in play and, and whatever you're doing too. Yeah, I, I like that price tag on Alonzo a lot. I mean, 4200 against a guy that, that's going to give up contact. And, you know, when Alonzo gets a hold of it, it's going to go. So definitely like Alonzo. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's more of a po- look for power spot than it is a, a stack spot. Yeah, agreed. Alonzo hasn't homered in six games, which for him since the break is an eternity. So he's due. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a what have you done for your for us lately environment here in DFS. And uh, it's like people forgot the torrid, uh, you know, the torrid stretch he was on you know, right after the break. So uh, 
There's my home run call. P. Alonzo's my home run call. We'll just I like it. Okay, so <laughs> Alonzo's going yard. And uh, I can't see them being a popular stack. So he'll probably not carry a ton of ownership, I'm guessing. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, big AL Leafs game. You know, the AL Leafs is suddenly quite interesting. The Yankees. Tighten it up. Oh. Yeah, tighten it up. The Yankees, despite not hitting or finding ways to win, Boston's finding ways to lose. Um, and Nelson Cruz has just injected life in Tampa. So uh, huge game. You know, Tampa at Boston, another 7-10 game. A lot of good 7 o'clock games, Keith. We are going to see Eduardo Rodriguez, 9,300, and uh, Luis Patino, 8,300. First look, gut feeling here. What are your thoughts on the arms? We talked about uh, pitching being a little bit overpriced, and Rodriguez is probably the one guy in the 9K range that I would look to target if, if I needed somebody in that range. And uh, he just happened to fit my build. Uh, it's a pretty risky spot against this Tampa Bay lineup, who obviously added Nelson Cruz, who just mashes left-handed pitching. Um, but Rodriguez has a lot of upside here. Tampa Bay will strike out against lefties at a, at a pretty high clip. Um, he, I mean, just this guy has pitched really well this year and has not gotten the results, but he has put up a couple of big scores. I think he's got a, a a big strikeout rate, or I, I know he's got a big strikeout rate over like 28%. Um, I, I just, I think that he, there's a, there's room for him to put a, up a big score here. So I'll play a little bit. It's going to be a tournament option, obviously only, but um, high risk spot, but I think there's upside here for Rodriguez. No, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I think he's a good tournament move here. I, I think maybe he's just kind of sandwiched between Scherzer and uh, a bunch of other options. So uh, I, I like that move for GPPs, and I think you can make him work too. Uh, flip side, you know, Patino, you know, got any interest over there? I mean, this is a guy that wasn't getting deep into games at, in the beginning of the season, but his last four starts, he's been over 90 pitches. Yep. So there's some leash here. <laughs> not Boston is not an offense that I want to target. But another guy that carried a huge K rate through the minors, and it's translated to the to the majors. He's put up some some high K games. Another tournament play at eighty three hundred. I think he can pay off the price. I would play Rodriguez before I played Patino. But if you're looking for like an unknown pitcher that could just go out and rack up a bunch of strikeouts, I don't hate Patino as that guy. I like it. I like it. Kind of that eight K ish range, mid tier. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, bats in this game, you know, I know we talked about Rodriguez and, um, you know, the, you know, the matchup with Tampa Bay. Um, you like Nelson Cruz as a one-off? I absolutely love Nelson Cruz as a one-off. Um, the problem with the Tampa stack is they're just too left-handed. Like, Rodriguez is better against lefties. I don't know that we can full stack them here just because, like, Meadows and Lyle play against lefties, but they're not the same hitters they are on the other side of the platoon, right? So, I, I mean, I love playing those guys against righties, but I don't necessarily want to target them here against Rodriguez. Um, Fenway plays bigger for lefties, obviously, as well, so that's another reason. Um, but I, Nelson Cruz is a one-off. Wander Franco, if you want to pair those two together, I absolutely love that. Um, Yandy Diaz, if you want to make it a three-man. But as far as a full stack, I, I don't have any interest. Uh, Zunino is, is a great play, 3,700 on DraftKings. I like that one a lot, too. Yeah, like Zanino, um, in the beginning of the season, I would kind of secondary stack them frequently against lefties with uh, Zanino, uh, Rosarina, 
Um, and uh, who the hell else was it using? I can't remember, but now you can use Nelson Cruz. And it looks like a Rosarina might be back, so just something to keep an eye on. I, you know, I don't, I don't mind one of these righty runoffs that we just talked about. Obviously, uh, Nelson Cruz is the preference here, but uh, you know, Zanino's cheap, hits lefties. So um, if you're not punting catcher, and if you don't want to go all the way up to the you know Eric Hosses of the world, and I think Zanino is is quite interesting. So I think that's a good call. Uh, Boston bats, you know, I guess my initial reaction is. Again, I'm not looking a full stack, but I don't mind some of these bats. You know, uh, Renfro's been really good, 4K. Um, you know, the, the the cream of the crop bats here are just uh, priced up. You know, Devers pushing 6K, Xander 55, JD 51. I'm just, I'm assuming when, when, when my lineup constructions come out, I'll probably be paying for at least one of the stud pitchers. I, I probably won't have a ton of Boston. Not Not because I totally hate them, just – with probably where I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm just probably not going to have a ton. I agree. I, I don't think I'm getting here either. I, I have respect respect for Patino's talent. I think he's a, a great young pitcher, and that trade's going to work out really well for Tampa, um, it looks like, after Snell has kind of broken down this year. But um, just a talented pitcher, and sure, he's a young guy. He could blow up in a tough spot in the spotlight in Boston. But full slate, I'm not looking to do it today. Let's get going here. Oakland and Cleveland. Shamanaya, 10K. Talk about a guy I didn't think would be 10K, you know, five, six months ago. Uh, Going up against Tristan McKenzie, the king of fly balls himself. So um, talk to me about these pitchers. I, I don't mind Manaya. I, I really, I quite honestly, I don't really have any interest whatsoever in McKenzie. I, he might be one of my X buttons and uh, yeah. So I'm probably gonna have Manaya. I'm probably not gonna have any McKenzie. <laughs> yeah. I think Manaya is certainly in play as a, as a pivot off of Scherzer. Um, this guy was rolling there for several starts in a row. He did have a rough one his last time out in a tough matchup against San Diego. And it was a, his second start in a row against San Diego. So he, he dominated him the first time and then he's really struggled in his last one. Um, but his strikeout rate is up this year. Uh, it's up at 27% this year, which he hasn't been a huge strikeout guy in his career, but this year, uh, he's really showed that upside. Cleveland obviously doesn't have this, the same lineup that they've had over the past couple of years. Um, I mean, Ramirez and Fran will probably the only two you're worried about there, um, out of Oakland. So a, a little bit of a ballpark downgrade, but it's not like Cleveland is a, a huge hitters park. So I, I like this spot for Manaya. I think he will be one of my higher own pitchers, depending on how much Scherzer I end up playing. Uh, definitely like Manaya. Yeah. And then for McKenzie, it's it's an attractive price tag, but man, this guy's been all over the place. <laughs> just a huge walk rate, huge fly ball rate. So just too much danger there. Full slate, I don't think we need to. Could could he burn us and go out there and, and strike out a bunch? Sure. Uh, but yeah, tough tough to want to click that button when he can just walk so many and give up homers. Yeah. I'm on the same page as you are there. And um, this Cleveland team, like you said, just uh, not the same lineup. And uh, you know, even Reyes, awesome hitter, dangerous hitter, but it's risk risk reward. I mean, he's a 32% carry uh, if I remember correctly. And, you know, Bradley Zimmer is getting ABs now. You know, his K rate's over 30. Owen Miller, you know, we haven't seen a lot, but his K rate's like 35, 40%, something like that. Just not a good hitter. You know, Andres Jimenez wasn't good enough to make break camp and make the team and, you know, finally getting the call because the Indians are going nowhere and uh, he's been terrible. So um, I, I think it's a really sneaky spot for Manaya. Scherzer has a name recognition. 
going to steal all the headlines in a great, you know, early game against the Phillies. So people are, are again, the smash button on Scherzer. Um, I'm perfectly fine starting my lineups with Manaya, And uh, I think it's really interesting for large field GPPs. Obviously, obviously Scherzer has sick upside, but there's an outcome where Manaya outscores him. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely an outcome. <laughs> yeah, I could see it happening today for sure. I like cool. it. All right, let's talk bats. Got it. Obviously, I, I know you want to probably start with Oakland. So uh, talk to me. You know, who are you targeting against McKenzie? I mean, Matt Olson is probably my favorite play on the slate. Um, just coming up, just great, great hitter, tons of power. Going to put the ball in the air three or four times today. Great spot for him. Uh, and then, I mean, you can play any of you. Marte has been on an absolute tear uh, since he came over to Oakland. Both of those guys are priced up, but then the rest of the lineup is perfectly affordable. So it's pretty easy to make the full stack work here. Um, if McKenzie comes out there and can't find the plate and puts a couple guys on, then he starts giving up the homers. I definitely see a, a route to Oakland being the top scoring team on the, on the entire slate. So love Oakland today. You know, this whole year, I like whenever I'd full stack Oakland, it'd be like one or two power guys that hit the homer. And like, I just seemed like I couldn't get that full stack right. But yeah, Marte's really injected life. <laughs> into this team uh, really sucks about Loreno and, you know, obviously we won't see him, but, uh, you know, bring to Josh Harrison too. some underrated uh, Billy Bean type moves here. Reminds me of Moneyball. I think maybe I'm going to put that on before bed tonight. So well, let me backtrack quick. Let me, let me backtrack quick. Is Matt Olson your home run call? Are we going to go there? Um, I don't believe that he's the one that I selected, Ooh. but I, I do love that one. Um, I got another guy written down here. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, right. no, I, I do love Matt Olson. Well, remind and me, he, he's going to hit one also. By the way, so okay. I'll, I'll go with him too. <laughs> you get two home run calls in the morning grind for my. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, you know, talk about another revenge game. We'll go an NBA on you know, real quick. How about some Jan Gomes? I mean, cheap catcher option, McKenzie. I mean, you can make this. You can make an Oakland stack work. You can make a secondary stack work. I, I just think you know, there's a lot of power upside here. Um, wow, thirty nine hundred for. Uh, Mark Kana, man, that's yep. uh, that's a really nice tag for him against McKenzie. So that's that's that per dollar. I think he might be my favorite play per dollar. But um, yeah, and, and so so obviously we're speculating here, right? But what do you like in terms of ownership? Where where do you think Oakland is going to rank? I mean, I don't think they're going to. Is there a total out on this one yet? Uh, let's see. I don't know that I saw that. I don't um, have the I don't have the team totals in front of me, but uh, it looks like nine nine total. And uh, okay. it's Cle- yeah, Cleveland's plus one forty seven. So uh, yeah, right on respectable team total there. Yeah, near five, but probably not much over. Um, so I don't. I think they're going to be down the board. Um, it's a full slate anyway. So even if they are one of the higher on stack, it's not like they're going to be over twenty percent. Um, Maybe Olsen grabs 20-ish percent, but I think the rest of these guys will be pretty low owned. I'm a terrible weatherman, like terrible, like predicting. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, we haven't talked a lot of weather. I'm just going off my app here. 85 and sunny in Cleveland, it looks like. I don't know. And just like looking back at some of these other games, um, I don't have the RG weather tab in front of me, but uh, Baltimore, supposed to be 92 in Camden, just totally backtracking there to that game. That's interesting. That's going to be a nice spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. D- definitely check out Kevin Roth. Uh, check out his Twitter. He gives a lot of updates. He gave a lot of updates on the Cubs uh, Brewers from uh, Monday night, which hopefully helped uh, the right people out. And uh, 
what I love the most about it is he's totally transparent. If he doesn't know, he doesn't know, but he still kind of gives insight. He shows you the radar. Like the industry would be lost without Kevin Roth. So definitely keep an eye on, on the weather edge games, where it's going to be hot, where the, where the ball's going to be flying. And um, it's very possible that uh, there's some decent hitting weather in Cleveland, uh, which does not help Tristan McKenzie either. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, it's typically pretty hot in Atlanta. Is that the next game we have? In front of, okay, so typically pretty hot there. Um, Weather Edge likes Atlanta quite a bit, rightfully so. Um, and you have two two nice offenses in that game. And I believe you have Drew Smiley pitching. Am I correct on that? <laughs> you are correct. At least that's what I've got listed here. That's always um, fun, right? Drew Smiley games. It's like a it's like a box it of chocolate Forest Gump. You never know what you're getting, man. So um, Drew Smiley on one side, and then you have Sunny Gray, who's ten three. Man, that is uh, walking right into our theme of overpriced pitching, probably, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. I mean, just a tough spot against Atlanta. Um, a little too inconsistent this year. I am playing, I'm clicking Sean Manaya over Sonny Gray probably every time in, on today's slate. Um, I mean, certainly Gray could, could go out there and have a nice game here against Atlanta. Um, but I, I just like the spot for Manaya a lot better. So uh, that's where I'm going to push my ownership today. Sonny Gray is fine. If you have conviction that he's going to go out there and have a great start, uh, very talented pitcher, but uh, probably I'll probably skip him today. I don't have any conviction that he's going to go out there and do that. Um, if I put a gun to head, gun to head, right. We'll play the X button game real quick while we're in a little intermission here. You X one guy out. Who are you X now? Are you X now Nola or are you X now Sonny Gray? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, Honestly, I don't think I'll have a lot of either of them. Um, That's fair. I, I think I think I think Nola. I w- I would X Nola before Gray. Okay, but you're right. I don't think I'll be like. I think I think Sunny Gray is more like egregiously priced than Nola. I think, but yeah, I don't really want either of them. I I mean, we see Nola have these ridiculous games. Nola has these games when this year when we don't expect him to. That's the right, thing. I'm exactly. Of. <laughs> that's the thing I'm worried about. Like he's been bad in good matchups and then he'll strike out 12 against like the Dodgers. I don't like, I don't see, I don't think it's going to happen, but like, I, I think I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I'm up here an hour uh, North of Philly and the media, the Kool-Aid, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. The Philly fans are coming out of the woodwork. Finally in Philly fashion, they're out. So we'll see. Um, that'll be a fun game. Anyway, anyway, uh, Okay, Drew Smiley, you know, Cincy stacked lineup. Everybody loves playing the Reds. Who are your favorite Reds bats, if any? Uh, well, you found my home run call. Nick Castellanos is the home run call. Um, just a great spot against Smiley. Castellanos has destroyed lefties in his career. Um, had a couple of games back now after coming off the IL. So I think this is a, a good spot for him to get rolling here. Um, love Castellanos. Love Tyler Stevenson. He's hit really well against lefties. Jonathan India should grab the leadoff spot. He's priced up a bit. Um, and then, I mean, Kyle Farmer has hit surprisingly well, and he's been like in that six, seven spot in their, their order. I think you can play him against the lefty. I, Votto and Winker are just, they're really high priced. If you want to play them lefty, lefty, I think you're going to get great, a great ownership number on both of those guys and Mustakas too. All, all three of them are over 5,500 with Votto topping out at 61. So just big price tags on in, in a lefty, lefty matchup. All of them are going to be like two, 3% owned. So 
if you want to get contrarian, great, great options there. Um, I think the Reds can get to, to Smiley for sure. And Cassianos is probably my favorite play on the slate. I like it. If I said Sunny Gray is 9,200 on FanDuel, do you have any more or less interest or indifferent in that price tag? I like it better than the DraftKings price tag, obviously. It makes it more tempting. Um, I still don't love the matchup against Atlanta. Um, I, 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 I'll play more of him on FanDuel for sure. But That's fair. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, you know, we have a lot, of, a lot of games to cover here. Pretty much same takes for me on Cincy. Totally get it. You know, play the righties. Love the home run call. Um, you know, as for Atlanta, I mean, uh, you know, as much as we're – as much as we're kind of, you know, trashing the Sunny Gray price tag, like he's a pretty good real life pitcher. It doesn't often get yep. shelled. So I don't, I'm not going to have, like, I'm not going out of my way to have Atlanta. I don't even know what one-offs, you know, I would even really, maybe like some Austin Riley sprinkles if I'm, you know, 150 max or something like that, you know, or, or some power one-offs. I don't, I don't mind there it. You, but, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. If Peterson grabs the lineup, the top spot in the lineup, I like that. He's cheap. He should get, four at-bats with a chance to hit home run. So, yeah, I agree. Just totally looking for power here. Wouldn't stack it. Such a monster slate. We're, like, halfway through here. And this is where the fun the fun hypothetical speculation is going to come into play here with, with Chicago and Milwaukee. We really need to see who's going to pitch on this 805 main slate game for DFS purposes. Yeah. What, what happens if it's Freddie Peralta? What happens? Uh, I think that Freddie Peralta becomes the top play on the slate. Um, this Cubs lineup is just uh, trash. They traded away their, their three stars and the rest of them strike out at, a, at an extremely high rate. I think the Cubs have the worst record in baseball over like the last two weeks. Um, so if Freddie Peralta ends up pitching in this seven o'clock game, rather than the, the first game of the doubleheader, I don't know if the Brewers are going to let him go deep, but certainly a, a better chance of a complete game with only seven innings. Um I mean, it, it would be a really tough decision in Peralta versus Scherzer. Yeah, that, that's certainly interesting. And um, you know, we'll have to see who the Cubs are, are going to throw out there. Um, the, you know. the Cubs actually already announced it will be okay. um, Steele in the first game at 1 p.m. So Alec Mills will be in the 7 o'clock game. Okay. Uh, and, and, and he has a fair price tag. Okay. And he's he's been a decent real-life pitcher this year, like much better than anticipated. However, we'll have to see, you know, what the weather is again. We we saw the winds uh, Sunday night baseball, uh, you know, the, the White Sox and Eloy just mashing balls. And, uh, you know, uh, Zach Davies isn't typically a home run guy, but he was getting absolutely crushed. The winds were blowing. It was hot. So, um, so like, how do you balance that? If, if it's hot and if there's wind, but you have Freddie Peralta against a god-awful Cubs lineup, how much would you take weather into consideration if it's Freddie Peralta? I mean, Freddie Peralta has one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball, and this Cubs strike this Cubs team t- strikes out at one of the highest rates in baseball. I don't care what the wind's doing; I'm playing Freddie Peralta if he's going. Love it, love it. Um, okay, so Alec, Alec Mills would be a different story. I would I would not play <laughs> Alec Mills with the wind blowing out. Right but I, at sixty six hundred against the Brewers team that'll strike out. I, I could see an argument for Mills. Yeah, uh, I mean, would you one off some bats if it's hot, if it's a weather edge kind of game, you know? Um, for the Brewers, I would definitely yeah. seven inning um, game. Like if it's if it's a short game, right? Then not. Eh, but yeah, it, it gets tough. I, I don't really like any of the spots for the Cubs. I wouldn't try to target Peralta in that spot. But uh, 
I haven't even looked at their pricing because I didn't. Yeah, the Brewers are actually priced up a little bit, so maybe not. I, I'd probably just pass on bats altogether with only seven innings. Yeah, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Right? Definitely keep an eye, folks. Keep that Twitter app open. Keep your RG notifications on. We'll see if Freddie Peralta gets the call. Houston, Colorado, 8, 10 p.m. John Gray on the road. It'd be nice to get a full season of John Gray, not in a Rockies uniform somewhere. I just like want to see what the guy could do. Um, yeah. 9,100, overpriced, <laughs> brutal matchup. Um, you know, Oda Rizzi on the other side. Yeah, you know, just isn't really moving the needle for me. I know Colorado's terrible, strikes out a lot, but like, I, I just don't think I'm going to have much of either pitcher uh, in this game. You have any different thoughts? Uh, John Gray is definitely a complete pass. Uh, no, there's no chance he strikes out more than like three or four Astros. They just don't strike out and he doesn't have a huge rate. I know he gets out of course, but yeah, not playing him against the Astros, especially at that price tag. Uh, Order Izzy, I think, has a fair price tag. Might yep. be a fine SP2 for cash, but yep. not a ton of tournament upside. So I, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't mind the price, and I think he pitches well here, but I just don't know that the upside is there. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Fine, fine play for cash. Probably won't target him in tournaments. Yeah, I'm with you. And um, I just don't think I, you know, in terms of cash, probably not playing bats in this game. I just, it's just a weird matchup, weird game. Um, yeah. 7,700 over ZK. That's, that's fair. That's fair. You're going to need somebody in that range. If you're going to pitch Scherzer or Manaya or Freddie Peralta, or, you know, yeah. know it. So um, I like that call as well. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much out on the bats too. Um, Houston is priced up and gray has been, a, been doing a decent job of getting the ball on the ground this year. Um I guess Houston's outfield is kind of where I would look to for to play somebody against Gray. Kyle Tucker is fairly priced as usual for 4K on DraftKings. Um, Brantley was dinged up a little bit, but he's only 3,300 still. That obviously, you can play him. And then Jordan Alvarez is, is the other one. But, yeah, not, not a ton of interest in a full stack. Okay. And, and I'm out on Colorado. That's fair. Let's keep it moving then. Nestor Cortez and Daniel Lynch, talk to me. Talk to me. Yankees and Royals. Are we going to see some Daniel Lynch love come Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> I, man, I know this lineup for the Yankees is, is banged up. Rizzo, obviously, on the COVID IL. Uh, just, man, he, he was good his last time out against the White Sox. It's, it's another risky spot. I actually played a little bit of Lynch against the White Sox. So that worked out well. I don't know that I'm going back to it here. Um, fair price tag. If you want to do it, I get it. I don't think I need to do it on a full slate. That's fair. Um, I'm probably not going Cortez at that price tag. Kansas City doesn't strike out a lot. You know, he's not going to go super deep into the game. Uh, another guy is probably overpriced for the slate. So common theme here. A lot of guys are overpriced. Yeah, agree. If he if he was like 7K-ish on DraftKings, I'd be interested. But 8,500 is the no upside there for sure. Uh, my, my, my just common room with common rule of thumb is I just sprinkle in whoever the Yankees whoever's pitching against the Yankees. If I'm 150 max and I, even just a little bit, you know, Kikuchi the other night, like it doesn't matter. Just, yeah, there's a bunch of K race in that lineup. Not as bad as it was a couple months ago. Uh, but there's still a lot of strikeouts there. Lynch is 6,600. I'll, I'll have some Lynch. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'll have some Lynch. If it burns me, it burns me. Um, another night on Monday, the Yankees aren't hitting again. Go figure. Um, eventually they'll have to start hitting. We'll see. So, um, I, I guess like, I do like Lynch more than, 
I'm not trying to make this Daniel Lynch hour, but I do like him more than like Aiken and so, and like Mize and Hot Camden, you know, gun to head, I guess, kind of thing. So I have mild interest in Lynch, but uh, well, I mean, you know, if you have any comments on him, go for it and then, you know, move on to the bats if, uh, if any here, other than, you know, obviously, you know, Yankee one-offs are always in play. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Lynch, I, I think I would rather play Allard. I know Lynch probably has a little bit more strikeout upside, but we'll get to Allard in a, in a later game. He's got a better matchup. So I think that's probably the cheap guy I would lean to if I was, I was going, but I, I, I definitely see your argument. I, Lynch probably does have a little bit more upside. I'm not arguing. It's just, I don't know, super cheap, you know, um, God, I'm a Yankees fan too. I'm like the most unbiased fan ever. They just didn't <laughs> brutal, you know? Um, anyway, bats in this game, you know, will anything catch your eye right off the bat? Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to get some ownership here. Um, Lynch, before his last start, was was pretty bad this year. So uh, I think if you're, you're looking through his game log and trying to figure out what kind of a pitcher he is and you see some of those earlier starts, um, and I think the Yankees will have a decent total here, even though they're going into Kansas City, a little bit of a, a ballpark downgrade. But, yeah, a Judge is a great play. LeMahieu, Stanton, definitely um, love those three. And then and I guess it depends on who else ends up in the lineup. Like Torres is out for sure, right? He hit the IL. And then, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I really just like the top probably three or four. You can play Gallo and any lefty-lefty. That guy's got a, a monster power. So uh, he'd be the other one. And if Higashioka grabs the catcher spot, I love playing him against lefties too. So I like yeah. he's a bit here. Yeah, absolutely. And just a uh, br- brutal stretch for them. You know, all the guys – all the guys getting COVID and, you know, Gleber, I think they said 10 to 20 days, I think was the timetable, which was a pretty, a pretty precise, like 10 to 20 days. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Just a, another one bites the dust for the Yankees. So uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, not a huge sample size, but you know, Lynch has gotten hit by righties uh, this year, you know, 47% hard hit to righties um, 366 Woba. So yeah, I mean, God, he throws a lot of fastballs, Keith. Uh, 42% fastballs to ready. 75% of fat. Oh my God, 75% to lefties. He's straight fastball slider. So, like, man, Joey Gallo. If, you, if you're sitting on a fastball tomorrow night, I mean, you know it's coming, right? That's, that's an interesting call right there. Joey Gallo. Wow. I like it. Yep. I think that I think the Yankees are in a good spot here. Yeah, so do I. You don't often see like 75% of one. I mean, you know, you see guys that throw 50 to, you know, God forbid, 60% fastballs, right? Looking at Plate IQ, one of our great tools at Roto Grinders. 75% is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's throw fastballs to lefties this year. So uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, anything else in this one? No, not, not really a, much interest in the Kansas City bats. So I think we can move on. Okay. S- well, Sal Perez is a one off. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Um, White Sox, hottest team in baseball over the last 72 hours. 11 runs and counting as we speak on Tuesday night. Eloy Jimenez on an absolute heater. He might have the most swag in baseball, right? He just mashes the ball. He's like, I think I, what did I say before the show? Nelson Cruz reincarnated or something. Like, no undershirt, buttons open, (laughs) gold chains that weigh more than I do. Just mad. I love this guy, man. So, Okay, what are we looking at with the White Sox here? Let, let, let's have it. Yeah, I mean, the, I think they're probably the chalk stack of the day. Um, big slate, so it's all going to get spread out a little bit, but I think they come in as the highest zone against, I, 
like Jax was decent in, in limiting the damage last time out, but he's not going to strike anybody out. So there's going to be a lot of balls in play here. I think the White Sox are, are one of the top stacks of the day for sure. I apologize. You mentioned Griffin Jacks starting for Minnesota. Dallas Keuchel on the other side uh, for Chicago. And uh, oh, 8,700. Good Lord. You no. Know, yeah. You mentioned him. I think we can move on now. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's it. We just had to say his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jax um, is super cheap, but like you said, the White Sox are just on fire. I'm I'm not going to target it. They're just a, a tough strikeout spot. He's not a big strikeout guy, so uh, I'll pass on both of these guys. Yeah. Um, honestly, like that, we talked before the show, White Sox are uh, World Series caliber potentially, right? Yeah, I believe they are. Really like what they did at the deadline, added some pitching to the, the bullpen, um, short up the hole at second base. So yeah, getting healthy. And I, I'm, I, I like them to come out of the AL. Man, did you see Eloy's price tag yet on DK? Uh, yeah, it's, he's not up where he should be yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll carry ownership. So, but it's kind of like a fade at your own risk at this matchup kind of thing. If you're, if you're playing optimal, um, definitely a cash play probably uh, I'm thinking here just with recency bias and his price tag and the matchup and his ownership. Um, you know, Eloy is probably one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, one of my favorite quote unquote right plays of the day, I guess. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, are you just thinking kind of shape your White Sox stacks, whichever way, I mean, they're kind of all in play kind of thing. Or... Yeah. I think you can play any of them. Um, Anderson and Abreu are, are pricey. You might have to choose between one of them if you want to jam a stud pitcher in there. But um, Mankata is fine. Hernandez, I think that's a very fair price at 42. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can stack any stack them up anyway. On the flip side, um, you know, anytime Mitch Garver has a lefty, I, I have interest. Um, you know, Keuchel, sinker ball guy. But, um, you know, I'm always going to play some Mitch Garver when he has a lefty. So I don't mind that. Um, you know, Keuchel's had, you know, he's not the guy he once was. He's not my favorite pick to get blown up on Tuesday, but like he's going to give up a couple of runs. Like he just doesn't go out there and blank anybody anymore. So um, what do you think on this twin side of things? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a bit of a sneaky spot for them. Keuchel has not been the same limiter of hard, of hard contact that he has been throughout his career. Like he, he's given up some home runs this year, which is not typical of him. Usually he keeps the ball on, a, on the ground at a huge rate and just really doesn't give up any hard contact in the air. But he's given up a little bit this year. So uh, I love the Garver call. Um, I think Jeffers, if he if they play the two catcher lineup with one of them at DH or first base, I think Jeffers would be in play too. Uh, Sano for a home run, uh, great spot for him. Uh, Rooker is a, another cheap option as well. So yeah, I think I think the Twins are in play a little bit here. Man, I I sometimes don't know why I even play Fanduel. I, I just like I'm looking I'm looking at the the pricing of the slate as a whole, and just like. I know, I know the structure is different, but like 4,300 is the most expensive hitter on the slate. And <laughs> look at these White Sox prices. Like Tim Anderson's 35. He's oh, he, uh, Eloy's 34. I, I don't, I just like my brain's not working now. It's just not working. Mitch Garver, 2,800. I get it. Like the structure is a little different, but. I, I don't know. The White Sox might, they might be the most popular, uh, you know, a couple of those guys might be the most popular plays in terms of ownership over there on FanDuel at those, at those yep, prices. I can see that. Man. All right. 
back to your regularly scheduled program here. Let's move on to uh, Arizona and uh, and San Fran. So uh, Alex Wood, you know, was really good for a really long time this season. Uh, kind of like slowly regressing. Uh, hasn't, hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't made it through six innings in almost a month. And uh, last couple, you know, outings weren't weren't great. The caves have been down. Um, just not great. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't love this game. Like I, I, like I'm not rushing to to target bats in this game, but I think it might be worth putting a little more time into seeing if there's any kind of one-offs or, you know, sneaky secondary stacks or something like that. So what, what are your thoughts on Alex Wood, you know, 9,800. Um, and then Zach Gallen, who, you know, coming into this year, you know, uh, had a lot of hype around him, you know, et cetera. It was a highly touted guy last couple of years. Um, you know, not bad. You know, he's kind of, kind of slowly getting it together here. 7,100 is, uh, is fair. Again, not crazy about the matchup. You know, San Fran doesn't strike out a lot, but if you're looking for, for an SP2 and value uh, for tournaments, I, I don't hate Zach Allen. I like it. Um, Alex Wood, first thought, overpriced. It just <laughs> the prototypical of what we were talking about when we first uh, started the pod. Like 9,800 for Alex Wood. I know Arizona is terrible. I, I, I don't want to pay almost 10K for Alex Wood. And the recent form, like you mentioned, isn't good. I, I'm completely out on Wood today. Uh, I, I do have interest in Gallon. I'm right there with you. I think that that price tag is more than fair. San Francisco is not an offense I would generally want to target. Um, I mean, they, they've just been hitting the ball like crazy all year long. But uh, at 7,100 on this slate, I, I think just with some of the other pitchers being overpriced, I think Zach Gallon is, is a little bit underpriced. So uh, I'm going to take some tournament shots on him for sure. We're on the same page there. Uh, definitely. That's like, if you're saying Casey Mize, Zach Gallon, uh, Daniel Lynch per dollar um, in terms of matchup ballpark, I guess, I guess uh, just talent too. Uh, I'm going Zach Gallon to yep. spearhead that list. So. I, I'm right there with you. I, I prefer Gallon over those guys as well. All right, cool. Um, bats, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about Alex Wood hasn't been great. I mean, any interest here? Uh, either side, I guess, we're just opening it up to. Arizona continues to be super, super cheap. So if you want to try to jam in two stud pitchers, that would be the only really argument I could make for it. Uh, even though Wood hasn't been great, I, I have a difficult time seeing them put up like 10 runs or something in this spot. Um, so it's it'd be a price play, and I doubt they're going to be owned. So you probably get decent ownership on them. If, if you want to do it, I'm not going to try to talk you off of it. I think like using them as a secondary stack would make more sense than trying to like full stack them and hope they score 10 on a full slate. Um, so yeah, like, like Kettle Marte has, has been great against lefties throughout his career. Uh, Carson Kelly could be in play. Um, but yeah, just not, not a great lineup should, it should have been better than like last year they were fine. And then this year they just kind of fell off a cliff. Like Peralta hasn't hit Calhoun's been in and out of the lineup. So yeah, tough, tough spot. Um, probably won't have them have much unless i need like uh, a cheap three man to to make my pitching work yeah that's right i think there's other places to go we talked about a lot of better matchups on the slate um i think my favorite play per dollar might be christian walker at 2300 obviously first base is kind of a premium position though so it kind of sucks when you you know punch someone there but uh, i don't know he's kind of picking it up he he's uh hitting seven of his last eight at least you know um little righty lefty matchup there um but i agree with uh, a lot of your takes there too Man, what else? there's one more 
guy. I can't remember. Oh, maybe, maybe it'll come back to me. But I just wanted to mention Christian Walker there. Not crazy about exposure on either side here, though. Yeah, uh, San Francisco. I mean, Gallon has struggled with control this year. Uh, that walk rate is up over 9%. So um, I don't mind San Francisco if you want to take some shots. I don't think they'll be owned because Gallon does have talent. I think I'll play more of the gallon side of this, but I can definitely see the argument for, for San Francisco. I mean, with, with belt back adding Brian at the trade deadline, like this, they've hit all year, but they're, they're as good as they've been at all on paper right now. I mean, this is just a really talented San Francisco lineup. So yeah, I'll probably take some shots on them too. Yeah. Zona uh, off the top of my head. Zona has one of the lowest team totals on the slate and their prices are kind of reflecting it. Uh, seven, and, seven and a half game total. San Fran is a minus 220 favorite right now. Uh, kind of makes sense. A um, couple other late night hammers here. We're almost through this monster uh, of a slate here. And we're so used to seeing Toronto playing at like seven o'clock. And you kind of know if the chalk smashes early and your night's over. If you're playing, you know, tilting late slate. Uh, but the Blue Jays are out in Cali. And uh, they're on the road uh, at the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and we got Ross Stripling 9,500 overpriced and Jose Suarez on the other side. Um, yeah, you doing anything with either of these guys? Uh, no, both are going to be a complete uh fade for me. Stripling, like you just said, overpriced. Uh, don't love playing guys against LA and Suarez, no chance in playing him against Toronto. So I'm out on both. Yeah, so what's you know, obviously Suarez the lefty you know toronto lineup full of righties who are awesome so yeah. a who do you like besides probably everybody and b like what do you think ownership wise what are we gonna what are we gonna so see here if the white Sox are not the number one owned team on the slate it will be toronto i think those are are probably the clear top two um i, I absolutely love toronto in the spot suarez isn't a scary matchup um on the road, locked in for ninth inning at bats. So uh, good, good home run park in Angel Stadium as well. Awesome lineup. All right-handed, mostly right-handed. Um, yeah, great spot for Toronto. Love them. Now, is that a doubleheader game though, Keith? Is that is that what we're is looking it? at here? Because I'm seeing a seven and a half total, and I just want to double. Oh, it's got to be doubleheader then. Yep, yep. But well, you know, sometimes my app is messed up, but. Um, that that'll change some things here. Um, so I, I think that's what it is. I'm going to double check here. Um, while we look at some of these blue Jays pricing, I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, 3,900, you know, that seems low. Um, you know, even Gurchick at 3,400. So, uh, you, you can make some blue Jays work now. Um, they are the road team. So if it is, if it is a short game, confirmed doubleheader. Okay. So it's a short game, confirmed doubleheader, Toronto, LA, like Toronto's the road team. Do you still take a shot with any? I, I don't. I don't typically do this, but large field stuff. It's the Blue Jays, right against Suarez. Like this is kind of like my, like uh, my vomit play. I guess Blender would say. Like I don't. I don't yeah. hate this. <laughs> I, I like it much better than the Brewers or Cubs trying to trying to find a home run there. Um, yeah, I mean Toronto. I I really think. I don't know that if I could if I could full stack them. I I get that like they could put up eight runs in the first two or three innings here. So don't get me wrong. I definitely see the argument for it. Um, 
I don't know. I guess if they're coming in sub 5%, it, it's definitely going to be a conversation. Uh, and I can see the merit to it because they could put up a big number in a hurry here. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I guess I wouldn't uh, warrant the full stack either, but I think you can still you know, one off a batter too, if you want. I mean, I, I like that 3,900 price on T Oscar. I know. It's, uh, yeah. I love that one. I know it's a, yeah, I know it's a, a seven inning game, but you know, even, you know, even you know, Simeon at 44. So, I mean, they're all under five. Any of these guys, you know, if they get four at bats, if they, you know, it's fine. Like if they get through a lineup, you know, one more time than they should, then I think it's fine. But yeah, it, I mean, this is the cheapest we've seen the Toronto guys in, in a long time under Kings, I think. Uh, I mean, Springer and Simeon being under 5K, I can't remember the last time we saw that. No, nah, you know, it's a short game, and I guess maybe they, I don't know. They factored that, that in possibly. Yeah, um, but I don't mind it. I mean, people see that. People will see that doubleheader game be like, oh, no way. But I think large large field stuff. Like, definitely yeah. don't do it in cash. Um, you know, don't do it in single entry, 100-man field. Like, but, you know, you want to take down the bat flip? All right. Uh, you know, <laughs> throw in some Toronto guys. I'm with it. So. Um, I guess, you know, on the same token, you're you like, you know, home team, LA, do you play Otani? Like, do you play anybody on that side? Uh, Otani would be the only one in consideration for me. Okay. That's fair. Just two home runs and two at bats. It doesn't matter if he only gets three at bats, right? Absolutely. <laughs> the guy, the guy's unreal. I mean, we've never seen any, but we, he could do it. Um, and when are you going to get lower ownership on him? Probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is probably it. Um, two more games, man. Making good time here. San Diego and Miami, they're also playing as we're recording. And we have um, – let's see here. Trevor Rogers coming back? Yeah. That's what I have listed up. So that's interesting. 8,900. Um, hasn't been very good. <laughs> hasn't been very good the last month. So what – you got any explanation behind that? Well, they, they've limited his pitch count too, which is the, the big issue here. 8,900 against San Diego, another guy that's overpriced in my opinion. Um, he has thrown about 80 pitches his last three times out. Uh, Miami, I know I, I read something a couple weeks back that they were really going to watch his innings down the stretch here. I mean, out of playoff contention, this guy is a rookie with a ton of promise. They're not going to push him too hard, so – I think you're only getting 80 pitches out of here against one of the best offenses in baseball. 8,900 is too much for that. So I'm out on Rogers for sure. Yeah. I'm with you. And it looks like we're going to get a bullpen game out of San Diego, which normally would be fun, but they're playing Miami. And if you listen to yesterday's morning ground with me and blender, we were just like ripping Lewis Brinson batting <laughs> up and like, Oh, well, Jorge Alfaro is your three hitter. Like you just, like you're not gaining any leverage on playing them. So I really just probably wouldn't play the Marlins like Monday on a four game. You want to play some Marlins against 50% Musgrove, like a different story, but you know, on this huge slate where no one, you know, Rogers won't be owned much. So like, I don't know. Do we need to talk about the Marlins? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Especially since even it's a bullpen game. So there looks like they're going with an opener and then uh, Nair is projected to be the long reliever right now. He probably only goes a couple innings. And then the rest of San Diego bullpen is like among the best in the majors. So, I mean, we're, we're just dealing with a talented group of pitchers uh, and they can use matchups and things like that. It's not a spot I'm going to target Miami at all. Yeah, they got a good bullpen. And uh, Matt Strom came back too. So just another yep. quality guy that they have that, that returned. So I'm really not you know interested in this game as a whole, I guess. Um, which leaves us with a 10-10 game, last one on the slate. And – Maybe the poster boy of overpriced pitching, Logan Gilbert, 9,600. What the hell? 9,600? <laughs> Man, what is up with that? And uh, you got Allard on the other side. 
6,400. Probably more interest in going there. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first, before, when I was just looking at matchups and before I opened up pricing, I thought Gilbert was going to be super popular on this late because I expected him to be like 7,500 or somewhere around there where he's been priced all year long, basically. Uh, but yeah, 9,600 is definitely a, a huge ask. Um, obviously a great matchup against Texas. If he's going to be like two or 3% owned because of the price tag, I can see the argument. Um, Texas, just a terrible lineup that, that strikes out quite a bit. So it, it, it's risky and it, he's going to have to come out and, and just start striking out a ton of guys to pay off the price tag. But I, I can see if you blink or squint, you can see the argument for it. Um, Allard on the other side, I think the 6,400 price tag is, is very fair for the matchup against Seattle. Another big strikeout team. Allard is obviously not a big strikeout guy, but that's why you're getting the cheap price tag on him. You don't need 30 points out of him at 6,400. If he can go out there and give you five or six strong innings with a strikeout an inning uh, and get you up around 20 DraftKings points, I think that that's enough. If you get some failure up in the top range with some of these overpriced pitchers that we've talked about, he can be in the conversation as a point-per-dollar play. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think I'm going to have some of both sides, um, you know, depending on what I play. If I if I am playing like 100 lineups or something, I – and if Aller becomes the chalk cheap guy, who I do like, but I'll also look for leverage with Seattle bats. I think if he, you know, if he comes in 20% something like that, like I'll look for a little bit of leverage um, on the Seattle side. And, you know, he's given up a home run in what the last five games, at least um, he had four in the one game. And then, you know, I had some rough outings. So I think that I, I don't know. I can't like, I can't decide which way it's going to go. Either he's going to pitch well and probably I wouldn't say break the slate, but become, become the SP two or, like he might give up a couple homers and I want some, you know, some guys in that Seattle team, um, man, like Abraham Toro's priced up. Didn't want to see that. I was looking forward to, to him being a value guy. Like he goes over from Houston and, and turns into Alex Bregman. No, I'm just kidding, but he's been playing, he's been <laughs> he playing really well. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I might look for leverage with Seattle. If, if Allard, you know, is owned, what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, yeah. I love the call. And especially if Allard grabs ownership, because uh, I mean, while he's like, I think it's a fair price. And I think point per dollar, he's going to make sense. It's not like we're talking about a super talented pitcher here, but I mean, he's only going to strike out about 21%. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, Seattle should be able to put the ball in play here and they're, they're all fairly priced up. I mean, Toro is priced up, but for what he's been doing recently, I think the price is fair. I think he's been underpriced for a week or so. I played a lot of him here recently. Uh, and Seager at 4,500, totally fair. Hanniger is, is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Just super talented dude. 4,900 should keep the ownership down on him. Um, and if, especially if Allard's get, getting ownership, nobody's going to want to play Seattle. So I love the, the call. Um, Ty France at 39. I, I just, they're all fairly priced. It makes a ton of sense as a leverage play. Uh, great call. Uh, I don't hate the lefty lefty clinic call. Uh, what do you think? 2,500? Yeah. I mean, at that price, even if you, even if he, doesn't get it done against Allard. He should get a couple uh, at bats off the bullpen at that price. He only needs one at bat really to do it. So I can get yeah. on board with that. Yeah, I think if you're multi-entering, I think both sides of the uh, Allard and and the Seattle bats uh, make sense for tournaments. If you're playing one lineup, uh, I don't know. It's a huge slate. It's a tough to play one. It's tough to play a single entry <laughs> on a on a 14, 15 game or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think you know you gotta 
take both sides into consideration here. Um, I guess just recap, you know, run, run this thing through, run this thing through real quick on, on the pitching side. You know, if someone's tuning in later, skimming through here um, up top, you have Scherzer, Nola, um, you know, we both obviously, you know, Scherzer's obviously in play. Keep an eye on Freddie Peralta. We'll have to see, you know, who the Brewers are going to pitch and, and what's going to happen um, since the Cubs Brewers game was rained out on Monday. Uh, Sean Manaya, I think we both agree is, is very interesting for GPPs. Um, Aaron Nola, you don't know what you're getting. Um, you know, other than that, like, I guess value guys, let's just quick, quick recap that through Zach Gallen. Um, we both kind of like Zach Gallen, um, you know, Allard, we just talked about anybody else, you know, value wise, just want to reiterate real quick. Um, if, if the weather's going to be hot in Baltimore, I don't have as much interest in Casey Mize, but as a lower own pivot off of Gallen, I think, or, um, Allard, depending on who grabs the ownership there, I think he could be in play. Um, Daniel Lynch, we kind of tossed around a little bit, very risky spot, but I think there's some upside there with Lynch too. Okay. So I was brought into the morning grind game, a blender on Monday. So I'm going to wing this thing and then put you on the spot and do the best I can here. Right. Okay. Um, so, all right. 8,500 pitcher or less. Who's going to have over, we'll say five and a half strikeouts. Who, who do you got? 8,500 or less. Um, Am I doing this right? I'm- I need yeah. some feedback. <laughs> All right. Yep. No, you got it. Um, I, I think I'm stealing your guy here since we both talked about him. Uh, it's Zach Gallon is, is the play down there for me. Okay. Um, yeah. You, you're not being very nice in my first time kind of throwing <laughs> this thing around. Um, yeah. I like the Zach Gallon call. I'm going to go Daniel Lynch, the Yankees stink again. He finishes with six K's. Um, let's see. Am I doing this right again? Do I have to go? I, I probably missed a whole tier, right? Okay. Uh, stud pitcher over eight K's. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's usually a stud pitcher that fails. Oh, okay. So, stud pitcher that fails. Um, yeah. all right. I'm going first since you threw it over go to me. It. I'll give you the tough <laughs> one. Man, that's tough. I guess I'm going to go Sonny Gray fails against Atlanta. I like it. I'm, I'm going to go the other. John Gray, I think, is, is going to have a rough day against Houston. Rough day for the Grays, man. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a good look for the Grays. All right. Am I missing anything on the, on the pitching side of this game? Um, no, that's it. Now it's hitters. Um, what it, uh, the home run calls we kind of already gave out. Mine was Castellanos. Okay, yeah, I gave Pete Alonzo, and man, there are just so many guys in good spots in this slate. But I'm going to stick with Pete Alonzo for my home run call. I like it. Good, good price on him today too. Yeah, um, and sure. then it's a hitter under 4K to get two hits. Ooh, hitter under 4K to get two hits. Um, I'll let you go first. I'll give you the gentleman. I'll give you the, the honors here, MMP. <laughs> this, this feels like ages ago. We talked a lot about St. Louis in the first game of the night, and Harrison Bader at 2,700 has been hitting the ball really well. Uh, I, I like him against the lefty. I'll take Harrison Bader in the spot. Man, yeah, so you went way under 4K there, so that's um, that's that's a good call there. Um, man, I'm looking for – let's see here. Is Whit Merrifield still under 4K? He is. He's 3,800. I think he has two hits off Cortez um, in Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. And all right. I think there's – was there one more or no? Uh, Stack to score six or more runs is the the last one. Oh, man. Let's make this interesting. Let's make this interesting. You can't say Chicago. So, all right. like it. All right. So, hmm. all right. You go first. I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. No, I (laughs) – 
I got you. I just talked about it. Say, I like I like St. Louis. I know it's a tough ballpark, but I, I don't have any faith that Stephen Brault is going to come out there and, and mow down St. Louis. They've been rough this year as an offense, but I like the way they set up as a lefty. With they're probably going to send seven or eight righties up there. Um, I think St. Louis can score some runs today. Yeah, and I'm kind of like going to circle back and and steal your thunder. I like Oakland. Like McKenzie not only gives up fly balls, but he puts guys on the bases. So I think he's going to get in trouble, and I think one or two swings of the bat could uh, make this thing pretty ugly. So like the A's quite a bit. Um, Love it. Yeah, man. That was a monster of a slate. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you guys – Got a few nuggets out of this one, as the Chief would say on our NBA morning grind. But um, any other thoughts, man? And we covered a lot of ground. Anything we didn't, you know, pick up on you want to get out there? Um, no, I, I think we covered it. Obviously, we still got a couple of things hanging out there uh, with the Freddie Peralta situation, depending on where he pitches. I think that makes this, the decision at the top end of pitching very interesting if he ends up as the pitcher in game two of that doubleheader. I know you're not big on the Twitter.com, but so like if people want to find you and I know you do a ton of great content for RG, what's your schedule look like and where can they usually catch you? Um, I am doing something pretty much every day, whether it's an expert survey or tag tags and lineup HQ. Um, I do the consensus value rankings as well. Uh, you catch me on a, a morning grind every, every once in a while, a couple times a month. So yeah, I'm, I'm out there for sure. But Good, good filling in with you um, for Stevie. Hope Stevie's enjoying his vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome working with you. And uh, if you guys had any questions, you know, DM us anytime, hit us up, you know, put something in the chat on the comments, give us some feedback. Hopefully we win some money here. So for Keith Eister, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great day and good luck, everybody.